you cannot make big decisions when you're stuck in fear mode. So when you're taking care of yourself and taking care of the people around you, you create some of the best work possible because you're no longer doing it out of a need to survive. If you are a creative in the entertainment industry looking for inspiration and practical ideas about how to take the next steps in your career, you are in the right place. My name is Rebecca Doyle and I work in film and television in Los Angeles. I learned so much from the ups and downs of the talented, innovative people surrounding me and I want to share those insights with you. Join in every other week to hear the break-in stories of people who overcame challenges and found unconventional avenues to pursue their dream careers in an industry that has no set path. Today we're looking at how Janine Pastores and Josh Jackson took an idea that started out as a doodle of an inside joke and built it into a character with millions of cross-platform followers, a book deal, a best-selling plush toy, a Snapchat investment, a custom drink in Los Angeles shops, and a lot of genuine joy. Stay tuned as well for some appearances from the voices of Tubby and Nobby from the cartoon as they accept an award at the end of our episode. If you don't know Josh and Janine already, they have been creating wholesome and uplifting content together since 2015. And since 2019, they've been doing so through the lens of their little cartoon friend, Tubby Nugget. With an audience of over 9 million individuals around the world and across their numerous social media platforms, their mission has been to create joy and accessible content for people of all ages to embrace their inner child. Previously working as a creative producer and screenwriter in the film and commercial industry for names such as John M. Chu, Jubilee Media, Alabaster Co., and Vivo, Janine Pastores began writing and producing Tubby Nugget content with Josh due to their shared love for animations and cartoons in 2018. In the present, she is now the team's chief creative officer and the voice of Tubby Nugget in all of Nuggetverse's animated content. Josh Jackson has previously worked as a director, motion graphics artist, and film editor for notable media companies such as Netflix, Vivo, and Jubilee Media. He currently utilizes his artistic background and strengths as a film director and VFX artist to animate and bring the Tubby Nugget comics to life. He officially co-founded Nuggetverse Inc. as its CEO with Janine in 2018. Let's get into the interview. Josh, Janine, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us, Rebecca. So I know you have so many exciting facets of Tubby Nugget going on right now. A lot of great opportunities. Can you tell me about what's going on most recently that you're excited about? Sure. Josh, you want to you want to start up? Yeah, I mean, uh, number one, we are currently working on a book project. So We're really that's excited. really exciting. Something we've been wanting to do for a long time. Yeah, so we're really excited because we are starting our first book project, which has been a long time coming. We've been really excited to start it. I think we've just been so focused on other digital media products that Josh and I have just not been able to do literature for a while. And we're really, really hyped for that. And so we can't say too much about it, but that is one of the big ones. We're going to be with a big publisher and hopefully we'll be seeing that on shelves next year. Yeah, I think a big thing for us has been because we've only been able to do 30 second, you know, clips on social media. That's all the storytelling we've been able to do with Tubby Nugget. That's really just enough time to tell a short joke, uh, give a short word of encouragement. But with a book, we can really tell like a long, you know, 
emotionally compelling narrative with uh, Tubby Nugget and get really get people to know his character, you know? So I'm very, very excited about that. And the end goal from the beginning has been to tell Tubby Nugget's story in longer form media, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the goal for us is with this book is to be able to pitch it to animation studios. So we would be able to see Tubby in that long form format. And that would be really awesome because Josh and I have I think since we started wanted to turn Tubby into a full-blown animation and be able to go back to our film and television roots so that's been really exciting for the two of us especially with our social media growing so rapidly within the last (laughs) how many months less less two or three months I think have been a little crazy it's been crazy the whole time from an outsider perspective (laughs) you want to give us the raw numbers on what that growth has looked like of course so you want to flex on them (laughs) Janine do you want to flex on I don't want to do Janine's so uncomfortable with talking about every anytime I'm like Janine look you're a social media influencer oh you just gotta accept it anytime he drops the word influencer I want to hide in a little shell and be like I'm just a nugget (laughs) but Uh, it's method creating it is it is definitely method creating at this point our tiktok is the one that blew up first okay so just to backtrack for people that don't know you want to give an overview in your own words of who tubby nugget is and how he started because he really started out on these social platforms first even though you guys have always had this long form goal in mind who drew the first nugget okay i'll i'll happily share a little bit about that so tubby nugget originally started as an inside joke between josh and i so josh used to draw and send me messages only over facebook messenger he wouldn't even text me (laughs) and so facebook messenger had this it was like it was like the equivalent of paint microsoft paint on Facebook Messenger and he would just draw things on Facebook Messenger and send them over like little messages and it became like a running joke. They were literally like two second doodles that he like threw over and would make me laugh. I should probably clarify why I started doing it because you (laughs) would always call me a nugget when we started dating. I did. You're like, hello nugget and I'm just like, wow I was not expecting this pet name. I was bad at pet names. Yeah. Paid off. Go like, yeah, yeah, it actually, yeah, started a whole uh, empire. For yeah. That. So because Josh used to, Josh used to draw me those doodles and I used to call him Nugget, he sent over these, this crudely drawn little Nugget and was like, hi, I am Nugget. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. That like, he was like, that's literally a, like a Nugget persona and Josh made him tuppier and like made him rounder and i would like cackle because i thought it was like the most hilarious thing on the planet and i was like he's a tubby nugget he's a little tubby nugget and every time the nugget would just get cuter and rounder and sillier and that was how josh would make me laugh and make my day in the midst of our chaotic work schedules back then because back then we weren't working with each other i was still in school josh was freelancing and i was also working my computer job. So we didn't get to see each other that often. And this was how he was present for me as he, he would send me these little joke doodles. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> and then that eventually transformed into a character that you were sharing on social media. And I remember in the very early days, you, Josh, had shared with me that you were investing some time into growing the Tubby Nugget brand yeah. with an app at the time, I think, called Captivate. Yeah. These are the early, early days. This is super early on, because I think around 2017, we decided to start posting 
these little doodles onto Instagram for fun. And literally, we had like 50 followers. And yeah. it was just family and friends. I, I, I would literally take a picture of Janine, draw a nugget next to her, and then just post it, right? And it was just, yeah, just for fun, right? And then around a year later, we, we were doing nothing with the with the account. It was actually called Tubby Nuggets at the time, plural. <clears throat> and because uh, Tubby Nugget was taken by someone else. And then did you have to buy the handle from Dude, him? No. It was, okay. This is crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> like, I was at the five. We'll get into to the five later. Uh, editing, right? And I was DMing the guy who had it. And I was like, yo, man, I would love this username. What do you want for it? And the guy was just like, nothing, man. Just, you know what? Take I just, it. you know, you're, you're, you're really, you're really not, you seem really nice. Just take it. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I was like, thank you, man. You just made my day. And he was like, you just made my day too, bro. And I was like, this have is- you been in contact with him since? No, I think we still follow him. Cause we, cause now his new username is like tubby dash, dash, dash nugget or something like that. Maybe send him a plushie. He- oh yeah, we should. I thought about we it. Should, like, I think that would be now, really nice. Yeah. At the time, the account was more so just for family and friends. Yes. We were like, oh, might be nice to like follow other people who like, comic content because we were making like memes and so i think with when you download captivate uh, it basically allowed you to it was a way to reach out to people and just let tubby let them know tubby nugget existed uh, Mm -hmm. especially if they were also already interested in other webcomic artists but we didn't they would just follow back if they if they liked our content we're like cool Okay, that's nice. And we still follow these people, by the way. We do. We (laughs) actually follow all, I think, all of these people that we followed initially who were fans of webcomic artists. And so a lot of them have been long-term fans or friends, which has been really lovely because... It's nice because we get to keep track of people who were like the earliest, earliest followers, you Mm -hmm. know? But yeah, but after a while, there was like a point of diminishing returns. And, you know, it was a lot of work to like do that, you know? Um, I think that was... Before we did webcomics, actually, because we were just like, oh, we're just doing memes and we're like, oh, this is really funny. Maybe people will enjoy it. So you were posting on Instagram for fun. Yeah. And then you decided to start taking it seriously as a brand that you wanted to grow. And at the time, I think your goal was to hit 10,000 followers by yes. the end of that year. 20, actually, this was 20, late 2018. Have we have we never told you why we started making the webcomics? Because that might actually give some context <laughs> as to like why we started doing it full time. It wasn't actually a conscious decision to turn this into a full-time job. Yeah, I love how you're smiling across the room. <laughs> what had happened was Josh and I were still working pretty full-time in the film industry. And so I had just graduated from CSUN. Yeah. Josh was working for, like, he was freelancing for, like, Netflix, for Jubilee, for all these big companies. And a friend of a friend had gotten me, like, an in with CW. And so my plan was to work as in the writer's room for a CW show. And I was really excited about that. But my health actually kind of deteriorated during that final half year. And when I went to go talk to doctors at the time, because there was too many things going on with my body, I was coming in so often, my primary care physician was like, you really should consider taking a year off and not working because I don't think you're going to be able to commit to a full-time job in this state as we're figuring out what's going on with your body. And I was devastated. And so that was, I got the message from my doctor on Thanksgiving of 2018, which is in November, that one, I should be taking time off. And two, I was at risk for some undiagnosed things that I don't have to, I I probably won't disclose in full, but I also have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that on top of everything, she was just like, this is not the time to be doing anything crazy. So my family uh, advised me, I think you should follow your doctor's advice. And so I 
thought, okay, what am I going to do for a year? Josh and I were planning to go to New York to meet his family in December for the holidays. And so we prayed on it and we're like, I think we should just kind of take time to be with mm-hmm. each other and think about what we want to do. And so went over there to with his family, enjoyed our time together. And that's when we were thinking about what brought me and brought him joy. And the thing that brought us joy at that time was doing Tubby Nugget stuff and making silly memes and making cartoons and something at the time that was a lot of that brought me a lot of joy was making web comics or reading web comics actually. So Josh was like, well let's just make comics together. That sounds like a really fun thing to do. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think that'd be really fun. Like give Tubby the personality that we've always loved and just make silly web comics together. So we started doing that. We thought, okay, by the end of 2019, maybe we can get like 10,000 followers on Instagram and that'd be really fun. Yeah. So we went to New York. We uh, had that conversation about, hey, what does the next year look like for us? And so we started making the comics together as a source of joy during that time. I didn't have anything else to do other than keep going to the doctor. And so at this time you were taking time off for your health. I was. And Josh, were you still working at Josh this was still freelancing. I was still working, but all of this kind of coincided with me also kind of feeling a little burnt out with like freelance work. And kind of wanting to be our own boss. And you, know? you were freelancing as an editor, correct? Yeah, editor, doing some motion graphics and visual effects as yeah, well. Yeah, so all in yeah. post, okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so when Janine suggested that, I was just like, you know what, this sounds like a great idea, you know? We should we should definitely try to make this work, you know, and see see if we can if we can amass a following, yeah. yeah. And that first goal was 10,000 followers mm-hmm. on Instagram by the end of... 2019. Actually... Yeah, our first comic post went up December 6th of, this is 6 or 11 of 2018. Uh, we hit that 10,000 at the end of January 2019. I th- I'm pretty sure, actually, it might have been. Actually, the, oh no, it was January 11th. No, it might be, yeah, it might have been within the so, first week. We were just like, hey, that was quick. <laughs> so, so you posted your first comic on December 6th, 2018, and then you made a resolution in the new year to, by the end of 2019, hit 10,000 followers, and you hit follower 10,000 by January 11th of 2019. I remember I was, we were going out to eat dinner. I'm not sure if you were there, Janine, but I was with like the Metro House guys. Metro House is where Josh used to live. Used to live. Brian yeah. Tang is mm-hmm. references in our Brian first episode. Tang, right. Shout out to Brian Shout Tang, to Brian. episode one. Yeah. Former Metro House resident. And then um, I was just, my phone just was going off. I was just like, what the heck is happening? And that was when we had notifications on for like literally every time someone followed us, you know? And um, I was just like, I think we're going to hit our goal right now. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. 354 days early. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I think that's when we realized that something was working really well right there. And we realized, oh, I think people are resonating with this more than we thought they would. Because Tubby Nugget had always been a source of joy between the two of us and a source of laughter. And when we posted online and saw that that many people were starting to follow the account, we're like, maybe that's what it is for other people now, too. So we started developing the character, developing the stories, and people started asking, hey, is there a plush toy of this guy? And so I was like, I don't know, like, uh... How hard can it be to make plush toys? Turns out it's very hard to make plush toys. (laughs) Turns out you have to be a business in order to start a business bank account and start receiving merchandise from overseas because we worked with, I don't know if you know Juliet DeVette, but she just happened to have an aunt who is in Taiwan and makes plush toys for Disney and Marvel with her, with her company. And Juliet was like, talk to my aunt. She could probably help you guys out. And you knew Juliet because she attended USC with some mm-hmm. of your friends, correct? We did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we Shout also to went to USC. 
<laughs> yes. We like a joke that we went to USC. We're debunking that myth later in the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we accidentally, my dad was like, oh yeah, you should form an LLC to protect your assets. And then I did all this research on starting a business and I was like, oh, this is a lot of work. But hey, if people are going to buy the plush toy, why not? And all the while, all that research and all that development into a plush toy, our comic kept growing. And Josh and I were like, okay, this is happening a lot faster than we expected. We had a sample of our plush toy, which was like the prototype. And people kept asking about it. And we're like, I think it's going to be like three or four months until we have like actual plush toys. But glad you guys like the plush. And then... Yeah, by the time we were ready to launch the plush, so so again, we we started growing a lot beginning January of 2019, and then by the time we were ready to launch the plush, it was May or June of 2019, like six months later. And at that by that time, we had gotten a hundred thousand followers. Right? Wow, in six yeah, months! In six months, and so we were just like, and and. We almost kind of did some accidental marketing, you know, because we kept yeah. putting the plush in all this, in all our Instagram stories, right? And just because it was cute and it was fun, you know, it was related to the account. And people were like getting really hyped for the plush. And so by the time we launched it, we wrote an entire Nugget origin story. Yeah. Janine did a really good job making sure when people bought the plush, it wasn't just like, oh, I got some merch of this character. It was like you could adopt your Nuggets, you know, mm. uh, and really be incorporated into the narrative of Tubby Nugget. And so that I think it, it, it was like still to this day, man, that was we knew nothing about marketing, but it was kind of a good way to sell the plush. The first day we launched, we sold like $10,000 worth of plush toys in that single day. So almost yeah. 200, I think, plush toys. We were not prepared. Yeah. Josh had the beautiful idea of we should handwrite a letter in every single nugget plush. Yeah. We also didn't limit the orders at all and because we didn't expect that many orders. Yeah. So we, we were sitting in Metro House in the living room until like 6 a.m. the next day with, with some of our friends. Yeah. Literally handwriting letters and packaging nuggets. Yeah, like- it was a mess. But yeah, because you guys originally had the stock at the house, right? Yeah, Your garage just overflowing with, with boxes of nugget plushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like I should also intercut this with Josh because he saw that Tubby was growing so much. And then I was I was like, oh, uh, are you OK with starting a business with me and like signing these LLC papers? He saw all these ha- things happening and was like, I think I'm going to quit my job. and like. He was and like, I have a lot in savings, and I think I'm well, just... Well, I do it all well, into Tubby Nugget. <laughs> and and when, when was this? This was March, when you decided to quit. I, and I think maybe this might be helpful for maybe your audiences, especially as, you know, people, a lot of people come to LA with X amount of funds, and they try to build their careers. So I, when I moved to LA initially in 2015, and when I met Janine, I had like $13,000 in my bank account, right? Four years later, after doing freelancing and everything, I had $13,000 in my bank account. So it was like a fly line. I was just like, hmm, I feel like I'm not uh, making that much. I'm not really advancing financially in life. (laughs) (laughs) And and so then when Tubby Nugget came around, uh, this was probably a bad idea. I just and we have obviously had to buy the stock. Right. Mm. We had to, and we had to, you know, we had to pay the company to manufacture it. We had to ship it from, you know, pay for shipping from, you know, Taiwan to U.S. We had to pay all the business fees, you know. Yes, there was freight forwarding fees. Yeah. There was packaging A fees. A lot of things we didn't expect, you know. And again, we're all learning this on the fly. So every time there's a new step, we're just like, great, how much more new? St-? It, it feels much longer because 
you don't know how many steps there are until to get your goal, you know? And how are you learning what the steps even were? It was because I didn't have a job and I needed something to distract myself. Yeah, you and you also can't Google how to make plush toys. Yeah, yeah it's turns like, out you can't Google At the time, it. at least. I don't know. Maybe it's better now. But so, like, so yeah. that sounds like there's a gap in the market for your YouTube course. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we, we had talked about it briefly with some other friends, but basically what we discovered was I did different branches of research. And so I was even taking courses on Udemy, trying to figure out how to run an LLC, who's my registered agent, learning about those kind of specifics, learning about ship for freight services yeah. and where do they dock and where do we need to bring them over to in order to have our inventory yeah. in a warehouse. Or registering the plush toy yes. in Pennsylvania. That was really confusing. Fun fact, I found out, and this was just because I was wondering what these numbers were on a plush toy. If you go to a plush toy tag on for legitimate plush toys, you'll see that there is a, a number, registered number, like PA and then dash and like a random assorted number. Those are the, kind of, the kinds of things you don't normally think about when you buy a plush toy. You're just like, ah, some sort of barcode, registered number. I don't know what it's for. You have to get these plush toys and these warehouses approved legally so that you can sell the plush toy within the United States to make sure that one, it's made with uh, the material it's said to be made with, the company their the company is verified to be packing their plush toys with these the material they say they're packing it with. And then they give you a registered number from the Pennsylvania Labor Law Department. And then you can put that on your plush toys. And I'm like, that's a whole other process. I didn't even know there was a department that did that. And so that was, yeah, I kind of went on an info, info spiral for January through... Yeah. And that's why it took six months to develop the plush yes. toy because we were just like, okay, we got to do this now. And we got to do this now. Got to make hang tags. Got to make sure it has the proper washing information. Oh, and then how did you figure out how to design the plush toy? Um, the company we work we work with they specifically ask for an illustrator file and illustrator is like the one adobe program i don't know how to use oh, so no. i uh so i asked uh janine's sister is a graphic design and she's she's low-key like the secret sauce behind uh tubby nugget because she actually has designed like all our merch my sister yeah. is yeah i'm so proud of her her name's jess shout out to jess shout out to jess she works for stars now and she's killing it but they call, but i quickly discovered that your family calls her jamie Yes. And I was like, why did you even name her Jess if you solely call her Jamie? It's a Filipino thing. If you're Filipino, right. you get it. And they were like, oh, it's because Jessica Marie combines is Jamie. And I was like, well, Janine's name is Janine Marie. Is she also Jamie? No. But no, I'm no, just Janine. <laughs> it's not. And yes. It's very confusing. Welcome to the confusing world of Filipino culture. <laughs> Filipinos my have sister, like five names. My sister is a really talented graphic designer. And so she knew how to use Adobe Illustrator. And so Josh gave her the design assets and was like, hey, this is what we're trying to design. And then she was like, yeah, I can turn that into an Illustrator file. So she turned it into an Illustrator file. She's even done packaging for us. Oh, yeah. She's like, designed the packaging. Yeah, she's really cool. Yeah, she's been wonderful. I would say that a lot of our success comes from the fact that we reached out to people when we didn't know what we were doing. My dad is the one who suggested an LLC. Juliet's the one who suggested reaching out to her aunt to develop the plush toys. Yeah. I think we have the great fortune of being surrounded by people who wanted to see us succeed. Mm even knowing that we didn't know what we were doing. How did you surround yourself with those people? How did we? I think it was just by chance. I think when you're a good person, people gravitate towards you. And so we gravitated towards really good people and we tried to teach, treat them as well as they treat us. And I, at least I hope 
they feel the same way where I think I mean even you Rebecca sorry to (laughs) put you on the spot but I feel like we always end up talking to who we need to be talking to because we it's like a feeling you get right yeah I think that's hard to find in LA sometimes where it feels like everybody everybody needs to be somewhere yeah Yeah. that's actually on the list I wanted to ask you about because having known you both personally for a long time you're both generous with your resources um you (laughs) you know when i when our friends have had projects you show up in every way imaginable you know investing your own time your own resources helping in any way you possibly can and i do think like you just said that's really rare in industries that are really difficult and competitive where you're surrounded by people with high ambition and there's a scarcity mentality and maybe some gatekeeping attitudes, you know, how have you maintained an attitude where you're not jaded and feeling like you have to constantly be on the lookout for yourself and maintain the generous mindset with both personal and professional relationships? Oh man, that's, that's such a good question. Especially because I think there's definitely still times where Josh and I can feel jaded. And despite running such a wholesome brand, Josh, do you want to speak on it a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think, Man, I, I I almost never really viewed it that way because like I was just, I was just like we're just helping out our friends. I mean th- I mean to be honest, like when I when I first came to LA, the main way I made friends at USC or got connected was I would just walk into you know to the to the building, see everyone working on their three tens, their short films, uh, their thesis projects, and I was just like, do any of you guys need visual effects help? Because I can uh, I can help you out, you know. And I think I think I I. I feel like both of us had the mentality where we just, if we, you know, if we give, you know, to people without expecting anything in return, that, that leaves a mark in people's heads more than, Hey, I did this for you. So you owe me, you know, I just, I don't know. It, I think by giving generously, you know, it's, yeah. you, you, you get, you, it's kind of like relationships. You get <laughs> what you put in. <laughs> you I know, know that Josh and I, like we, we, we are such fundamentally different people sometimes, but that is something that I gravitated to him for was that he also is that kind of person even though he's like makes jokes and is sarcastic (laughs) he's a very loving and giving person especially with the people in his circle when it comes to his skills and his time and that's something that I really value and I think is really important because I know for a fact that I would not be here had people not been generous with their time and their energy and their willingness to listen their willingness to share So, yeah, I think we are a testament to you need to be a good person if you want to see like you need to want to see other people succeed, too. Mm. I think we probably definitely going into L.A. I I heard this. It's it's, it's a little cutthroat. You know, obviously, everyone who wants to be an actor, directors, writers here. And I think I don't know. People like warned me, making sure you trust the right people and everything. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like just, you know, naturally, if you, if you're not, if you yourself are not trying to like, you know, you know, game people or like take advantage of people, you'll naturally be drawn to other people. people. Yeah. Other people who are also not trying to take advantage of people and just trying to make cool stuff, you know, like filmmaking is kind of fun, you know, once you get rid of all the, you know, creative stuff in general is fun, you know, especially if you are naturally a creative and I think finding people who just want to be creative together and just want to build each other up, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, everyone can make a career out of it. You know, that's that's the coolest thing, you know. And so I think I, I just I think we just want to see that. 
you know, with all our friends, with, uh, you know. And I mean it when I say that, like, I think every aspect of our business and our success is tied to somebody who was generous with their time. Yeah. And even every part of our team is somebody who was just a, a nice person to be around or a nice or offered their help when we were struggling like yeah. our, our business coach eugene we also met through jubilee at the time he was transitioning into becoming a full-time business coach a lot of his strategy in coaching these entrepreneurs is making sure that they deal with their mental health first and foremost because he went into the psychology of it all and he was like you cannot run a business or make big decisions when you're stuck in fear mode because you'll always make poor decisions out of a need to survive. Yeah. So when you're taking care of yourself and taking care of the people around you, you create some of the best work possible because you're no longer doing it out of a fear like this needs to be it. This needs to be the thing that keeps me alive. And so Eugene had actually reached out to us. Actually, no, I reached out to him. Uh, we were struggling with Tubby at the start and I was like, Eugene, I know you do business stuff now. What are Josh and I doing wrong? <laughs> and at what stage is this? And this, this was 2019. So this still was still 2019. Very beginning, yeah. We were selling the plush toys, but we weren't, we were selling a lot of them, but we weren't understanding cash flow very well. And we're like, yes. And at this point, was, was the plush line the sole source of monetization for Tubby Nugget? It was. Yes. Yeah. It was. Like, and so, so like we, when we mentioned earlier, we sold a bunch of them at the very beginning. And then for the rest of the next few weeks like nothing because like everyone who bought who wanted a plush toy kind of bought one and we were just like is that it you know yeah and so it's yeah. like we were kind of like clinging onto the money like okay uh how do we make this money last us then for the next couple months or like do we sell more plush toys how do we do that and so yeah. we talked to eugene and we were really scared and we didn't know what to do and eugene was generous with his time he usually charges his clients a lot of money just to have meetings with him because he's that good and he was already thriving in his business and he was like i'll just meet with you guys every saturday or like i think it was saturdays at the time yeah he's like it's only like an hour of my week like just meet with me tell me what's on your mind i'll tell you what i can and we can talk through what you guys are going through and yeah like just make sure you talk about it because yeah. you guys are suffering right now and I, I like i'm really proud of all the things you guys have done and i want to be here for you i think initially i did have a, a mindset where like i'm gonna do everything myself you know i used to take a lot of pride then that i was very self-sufficient you know i'm like i do all the post-production myself i can write i can shoot you know like i'm just gonna be like a single man one man arm filmmaking army you know and i've quickly discovered like you gotta rely on other people it's a team know? sport yeah and really i think is. i i kind of gained that mentality because when you know i feel like most people when they start filmmaking you do everything yourself you know as a kid you know you, you film you edit blah 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 and not only that i like i said it was it's a it's kind of a point of pride for me too because i'm just like yeah i'm good i can micromanage everything I, this art is like very much tied to my self-worth you know and it's it's how i express myself and, and whatnot but then we as i started working with more people and uh it, it became very obvious that like i'm you know I'm, i was very lucky you know to like be able to meet janine you know be able to meet you be able to meet the entire usc group um like if brian didn't get into usc i might have not moved out to la, LA at all you know so uh, shout out to Brian. <laughs> shout but, out to Brian. That's Brian Tang. Yeah, Brian Tang. The interview yeah. in our yeah. first yeah. Listen episode. Listen to his podcast episode <laughs> too. 
Um, but okay. And before we even go back to those early days when you mm-hmm. met Brian and when you guys were creating at those younger ages, I want to make sure we get through the trajectory of Tubby Nuggets. So we're in mid 2019. Yes. Mm-hmm. You meet with your business coach, Eugene, yeah. to figure out a strategy. What kinds of things that he tell you that you were able to implement to keep the growth alive? Well, first things first, he said, you need to keep doing what works. Because I think at the time we were like, what other ways can we make money with Tubby Nugget? He was like, no, you guys need to think about what has worked to grow your audience. And that was our content. Yep. He said, do not sacrifice that content in search of other ways to survive. It took me three years to learn that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> we still, yeah, I think we still even because feel that way. Because as a business owner, it's so easy to be like, oh, there's a new shiny object. You know, we can, uh, we can make NFTs. <laughs> to like, you know, I'm right, so glad we never a, did yeah, NFTs. I'm so glad we didn't do it. <laughs> uh, but but there's, always, oh, there's always like something new opportunity. We can make shirts. We can do this. We can do that. You know, because under the Tubby Nugget brand, there's so many ideas. And the when, when sales start to dip, I'm just like, okay, we got to do something else. You know, we got to like, we got to launch a new product, you know? And Eugene is like, dude, that's so much work. Literally just keep doing what's works with, which is making good content and selling the plush toy. And on, and then, and then we can discuss how to use the rest of your time to work on those other avenues, Mm -hmm. which was like, we're like, oh, let's experiment on this platform. And so we started growing like our tick, no, that TikTok came a little bit later, but that was some of the things we considered was like, yeah. oh, now that we have a consistent posting schedule, what do we have time for? Uh, let's and what was in- consistent posting schedule at that point? Was that three times a week? I think it was three to five times a week. And at one point we were doing it daily. Yeah. Uh, that was the Back other Back when we were doing comics. Yes. At some point we transitioned to doing animations. But when we were doing comics, we had this like month where we was like, let's do one every single day. Yeah. Just playing wild. around. How did you guys manage to generate enough? quality comics are you posting daily did you recycle any i don't know if they were quality but (laughs) i i think that (laughs) they were were actually really good Um, (laughs) can't confirm (laughs) oh thank you well i think to 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 like give the context um at the beginning of 2020 we got into this accelerator program run by snapchat Mm -hmm. and that was that was so great because the pandemic after the pandemic hit we needed the funds to continue going and thankfully they had given given us that money right and so i think we were able just to like we had the creative uh freedom and time because we were like okay this is our main focus let's just make comics you know Mm -hmm. and so we literally i mean i mean writing a comic it's it's like a single gag right like we could you could you could probably write a couple in in a day yeah you know? i think i i i personally like a lot of my comics come from like inside jokes or from things that make me laugh and josh also participates in the writing with me and so because we have such a goofy sense of humor i think that just bleeds into tubby and leads to a lot of different kinds of content being made yeah. i mean like half of the stuff that we make now is like jingles that i sing in the car and like i think are so funny and then josh will be like oh let me record that and <laughs> like, she's oh. like do you have to monetize everything i say <laughs> <laughs> that is a running joke it's that. i was like you are monetizing every bit of my being but it's, it's obviously a joke between the two of us yeah. Uh, but yeah i think one of the best pieces of advice was like from Eugene was how are like how is there is there a way that we can fuel your creative without sacrificing your time and energy and so when the Snapchat thing came up and we were like ooh should we apply Eugene actually helped us work on our pitch and actually really helped us figure out what our vision was for the company we had accidentally created which was 
we love making wholesome content on the web in an like accessible space that anybody can like can enjoy where people can just embrace their inner child and Eugene helped us figure that out like oh this is what we do and initially we thought oh we're a plush toy sales like plush toy company and Eugene was like no you guys are you guys make wholesome content for people to enjoy mm -hmm. the plush toys are just a part of it and yeah Eugene uh, helped us work on our pitch and we got the Snapchat investment and that they have 6% equity in our company it was a part of the yellow accelerator and they helped us be a part of their program in started January, right? January of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Which then, of course, led to the craziness of the pandemic. And uh, initially, we were supposed to be working at the Snapchat offices for the full few months of the program. How long was the program? I think it was two to three months, right? Three months. Yeah. Yeah. Two to three months. So the first month we spent fully working out of the Snapchat offices then we were in the office when Snap got the news of the pandemic and they were like, hey, I'm really sorry, guys, but I think everybody needs to go home for the next two weeks at least. And 15 days, right? Yeah. 15 days. Longest 15 days of my <laughs> life. And the program had to turn fully remote. And thank God we had the money from Snap. But it was also a really scary time. And even though it was like full of blessings, like Josh and I talk about this all the time, it's crazy that we got this investment and we're running an e-commerce brand at the time that all mm -hmm. of this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to be honest, like it, it did work out a little bit because a lot of people were looking for like encouragement and positivity during that time. Yeah. And so Tubby Nugget was like the perfect thing to happen during the pandemic, you know? And where we could give people that encouragement and positivity um, from afar, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It, it it was, yeah, it was just been a wild journey, man. And like, I'm kind of like having these flashbacks to 2020 and how it was difficult because, yeah, we had to like, we still really didn't understand how to build a, build consistency in our business, you know? Because we would like launch a product, we get a bunch of money, and then our sales would like flatline, you know. And it was just like, how do we consistently? I'm like, I'm like, I think everyone that wanted to buy a plushie bought one. I mean, can we really sell that many plushies to sustain our lives, you know? But it, we have. It's crazy. Like, like when people ask us what's our main source of income, it's been the plush toys. It's like it's it was just those. You buy a plush toy, you you probably helped me buy some In and Out burgers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how many plush toys do you think you guys have sold to date? So we sold. Do you want to say? I don't. I don't have the updated number because we sold like a a lot. We sold like fifteen hundred in the past month. So uh, there are over. 10,000 plush There's definitely over 10,000 plush toys out, in, out there in the world. With yeah. handwritten adoption. No. Yeah. no, 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 only, no. For, only the first like 300 got Yeah, if you that have one of our handwritten itself. notes, I hope you enjoy yeah, that. DM us. Honestly, you know. that might be worth more than the plush toy on eBay Probably. the more that you guys release. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it's funny because we're only in 2020 and I feel like we've been talking forever and there's still so many things that we haven't even like highlighted but so much has happened in the last 
four years that we've been working together. I mean, we can get into it. So you were worried about the business flatlining, but you had Eugene, you had some insight from the Snapchat accelerator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What advice did you implement to get things more consistent and reach that goal? Well, we actually ended up hiring Eugene full time, actually, after that Snap program. We were like, Eugene, we need you. And he was like, oh, like, I'd be happy to like work with you guys. I just didn't want to like step on any toes and be like, cross that boundary of friendship. I was like, no, no, we want to hire you. We need your help, bro. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was when like, so you would think that the the money would solve all our problems. If anything, it made us question our existence more. Yes. Um, I feel like we had to confront why creating content was getting harder for the two of us. Mm -hmm. And it was because we needed to deal with our insecurities and, um, that when we hired Eugene and talked it through with him, they were four hour sessions. So each of us had a four hour session with Eugene. Basically therapy. It was like like a massive therapy appointment. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, but he dug into why, what our core beliefs are as individuals, where it all started stemmed from, like our childhood selves and what are like, how our, our current adult self needed to talk to our younger selves. Yeah. And, uh, and this yeah. is a business coach. This, this is, is our business, business coach. coach. Yeah. So yes, Eugene as a business coach, he knows we hype him up so much, but he really is one of the best I things mean, that I can, happened. I can say right that in mid twenty twenty, after we got into the Snapchat program, we were gonna quit Tubby Nugget. Yeah. Like just flat out because we were getting into a lot of fights over the content, right? So what would be happening is that Geneva would write a would write something. And I would micromanage it. I would like nitpick it to death, you know, to the point where it stopped becoming fun for her to write comics because I was just so critical of everything. And the reason I was critical was because the comics, you know, this in my, you know, the four years I had been trying to, you know, create something of, you know, notable, Tubby Nugget was the first thing that blew up. So I, so much of my self-worth and pride was attached to Tubby Nugget, right? And so I was like, every Tubby Nugget comic has to be the best thing ever. You know, we got to be at top of our game because, I mean, in my head, I was in my head at the time, I was just like, oh, it's natural because I just want things to be quality, right? But in inwardly, it was because if things, were, if I didn't micromanage, if if I didn't control it, I felt, you know, like maybe I'm not worth, you know, as I'm worth being like an artist or worth being loved as a person if I don't produce something that is amazing, you know? And that was really hurting Janine, you know? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and so for me, in my fear state, I was feeling, oh, nothing I make is going to be good enough, and I think I am going to bring this business down. So I suddenly became, okay, I'm just going to be an employee. I'm just going to write for another person. I'm going to do what works for him yeah. and this is what's going to work and I'm not good enough to have a voice in this and yeah. I could tell your passion was dying down and I was like why why aren't you as passionate anymore not realizing I was the one in di- directly <laughs> causing your your kind of like your sullen you know ad- attitude at the time you know um and and so I went into more like you know fight flight you know mode survival mode and just started panicking and we started getting into fights and ultimately yeah finally at the end we were it was just like so weird because tubby nuggets started as this thing that was so you know wholesome and and it started as a like a almost like symbolic of janine and mine's relationship you know where the whole thing started because i wanted to make janine happy and now it wasn't making janine happy 
So I'm just like, what are we even doing? You know, like, should we just stop this? You know, like, and the only thing that stopped us from stopping it was we signed a contract with Snapchat and I think we can't give them back the money. Like, I was like, I don't think we can quit because then we have to give back all the money or something. Maybe no, no, I, I think I think if this if the business failed, it, that w- it would just be a bad investment by Snap. You know, yeah, I, th- I just didn't want to fail still, so I mean, publicly. <laughs> it's like but obviously we, there was a part of us that did want it to work because yeah. it's like a dream job, you know. So that's when we went to Eugene. You know, so we're in 2020. You guys were considering stopping the business. You did feel a responsibility because you had had this investment from Snapchat. But more important was your relationship and the impact this was having. But you were getting some advice from Eugene on how to heal. Basically, he told us he was like, I do this thing called neurohacking, uh, which is like a eight hour therapy program. Right therapy i don't think it's so actually he didn't say therapy, therapy. He didn't say <laughs> but therapy it but like it's therapy. basically <laughs> therapy and we basically just during those eight hours we just did a deep dive into our psyche you know into like what you know he would ask us questions you know anytime we anytime we gave a problem we have he would ask us why right and keep asking us why so for example right i'm worried about you know uh money you know it's like, why are you worried about money? You know, like, well, if we don't, if we don't sell enough plush toys, we, you know, we, we won't have, you know, um, a business anymore. I said, why are you worried about not having a business? I was like, oh, well, then I might go have to find another job, you know? So why are you worried about finding another job? Oh, because then I look like a failure. Okay. Why are you look, worried about looking like a failure? Oh, because, um, because my, my parents always thought of me as a, like a starving art. My, they were worried about me being a starving artist and I don't want to be a failure in front of my parents. I was like, okay, so you're not actually worried about money. You're like worried about looking at like as a failure in front of your parents. And maybe if you fix that, you have to fix the core of it before in, in order to actually heal and make smart decisions. Because, because I was so worried about money, I, it actually blocked me from making good decisions about money, you know, because... The smart thing to do with our money was, like like Eugene said, be consistent, make more content, you know, grow grow the following, you know, do what works. It wasn't but, even making more content. It was make the content that you guys used to yes. make, which was authentic and wholesome and kind. But because my brain was in fear slash survival mode, I was just like, okay, we, we need to start this new thing. And I would spend like three months developing a new product. In those three months, no sales at all. We would launch a product. We would get like a little bump in sales and then nothing again you know it was just so ineffective but I could not see that because my in my survival mode I was just like we just I just need to do this and it'll work you know I was just looking for that golden ticket you know for what would work and that was not the case you know and so what Eugene helped us do was really dive deep into our personal growth and understanding who we are, what makes us tick, you know, and learning to, yeah, to, to love ourselves and accept ourselves and not feel this burden to just, you know, to, to be successful just so we can feel like we deserve love, you know? Yeah. And once, and really that was kind of the secret to us now being able to going from fighting to, you know, to losing money, to on the verge of quitting Tubby Nugget to really start thriving and most most importantly our relationship healed as well eugene is really our marriage counselor in a way <laughs> that's really Shout out to eugene eugene will love this podcast fun fact he actually even though he's such a great coach and a, such an empathetic human he's also such a gremlin like josh yeah. is like yeah when, when like when when work mode is off there's such dorks we we obviously pay him per hour for coaching you know <laughs> 
there's a good 10 minutes before every single coaching session where we're just just being gremlins and i was just like <laughs> we everything's recorded we should compile how much of our time we've been talking about nothing and see how much that costs us what, over what the years what is being a gremlin exactly it's just so like it's just I- so like like, like sometimes I'll join the call and the, or like we're just making you, silly voices. You know, know. Be like, yeah. and I, I don't even know how to explain. It. We're just. <laughs> it's, it's like just, it feels fun to talk about nothing and like <laughs> it's like this is like an official business coaching call, but instead of actually doing business stuff, we're just like, hey, uh, <laughs> did you uh, subscribe to my latest magazine? You know, and we're just like role play, just being like, it's just yes, stu- that's what it is. So They're like role-playing so like a whole scenario yeah. and i'll just be watching it like you guys are the same person yeah. making like <laughs> infinite dad jokes yeah. eugene is now a dad of three well josh is just getting his practice in now no yes. yeah it's it's just like looking at like looking at my future like oh no <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and yep. like i was like even well the more kids you have the more the dad jokes come out and josh is already like there so yeah. I don't know what kids will do to him in the future. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I've been preparing. They're yeah. not prepared. So sorry in advance, future children. But yeah. <laughs> and like, so this kind of goes back to what we were saying. Getting that help was like extremely necessary because I think there is an alternative future where I was just like, you know what? This is way too much work. Let's just, I'm just going to go back to freelancing, you know? Yeah. And I thought I was like, well, I could go produce and Like I've been freelance producing still like throughout all this i could go do that i can do a scripty stuff screenwriting yeah. stuff we i have the network still yeah. but not only were we able to continue the business and keep developing tubby nuggets and doing what we love i feel like we became better people because of it you know it's like it's like all classic movies you know the hero's journey you know you are pres- the hero is presented with a problem that is insurmountable it's, it's the thing everyone loves watching movies no one actually wants to go on the journey the character goes through on the movie because usually these journeys are designed to test you you know it's not a journey unless it's difficult you know and we were faced with this 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 almost mental problem of how do we grow emotionally in my ideal world the problems I would have faced is would, would have purely just been business problems, you know, like, okay, I'll, I got, I got to solve how to, you know, make these quarterly revenues. I got to solve this creative problem. But instead the thing that was stopping me from all of this, doing this was the emotional problems, the, the emotional growth and mental growth, becoming more emotionally mature was the thing I needed to do. And it was like, uh, this is the one thing I didn't want to do. I thought I was <laughs> the one thing I didn't want to. Well, because you, know, you know, growth is difficult, right? And I was just like, I just, I, I like to view myself at the time as a fully formed person. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, you know. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of like a like classic teenagers, right? You know, they want to, you know, you want to be seen as mature, right? And getting going into your twenties and you know, growing and becoming like an adult is kind of realizing, oh, there's still a lot of growing to do, you know. And I, once I realized that and I accepted, you know, I was open to changing, then I was just like, okay, now I'm able to actually, you know, run a business with my best friend and thrive, you know, and not... I'm your best friend? Eh, let's not get too overzealous. All right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, All right. Well, I think right. you guys have pointed out a couple of different important things. First, I, I think the work that you've done is going to reflect in your leadership down the road because I think something probably relatable for a lot of people listening, I know definitely for for myself and possibly in your own experience is that when someone above you making creative decisions or running a company 
makes decisions out of a scarcity mentality mm-hmm. or out of fear mm-hmm. or out of defensiveness, it can really crush your creativity or your autonomy or kind of what you were saying, Janine, about switching to that. Okay, great. I'm an employee mindset. Yeah. And you don't want to bother risking giving more because you feel like it's just shot down. And yeah. I think that that's really common in workplaces. And I think another thing that's common in workplaces is a lack of vision, you know, changes that employees have to face, collaborators mm-hmm. have to face. And I'm not talking the kind of changes that are unforeseeable, you know, a pandemic or breaking news or, or, you know, something completely unforeseeable, health issues, that kind yeah. of thing. I just mean people who lack vision. And I think it's going to carry so far into the future of your business. And when you have more people working for you and as this expands into all these different platforms that you know what you're going for and that you've done all this work on yourself. So those are really good takeaways. I think problems that a lot of people have faced and will be able to learn from your experience overcoming. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot. And I do think you've become a great leader. Our team has actually expanded quite a bit since it was just the two of us. We don't have any other full-time employees, but we have so many part-time employees and they're all friends and family are people that we met through people we really care about. Yeah. Again, I cannot, I cannot state it enough. We really had the best people who gravitated towards Tubby to help us with everything that we have needed help in, whether it be the e-commerce, which we, our e-commerce is now fluid. We don't package anything by ourselves anymore, but we work with a company that makes it so that we're not working with Amazon, which is kind of great because I don't, Sorry, but I'm kind of happy that we're still a small business that is operating with smaller businesses and operating with friends and family and not having to go the route that everybody else expected of us. Yeah, you're you're supporting other small businesses and small entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay, we got to 2020. The, The growth has continued. Yeah. I know even in just the last few months, you saw your numbers on Instagram, for example, which is one of your primary platforms almost double right yeah basically yeah so even more explosive growth what do you think is contributing to that and what are some of the lessons you've learned over these last few years well when i say that it took me three years to learn that we should just make consistent content (laughs) it literally three years you know because and and eugene was constantly like you just need a consistent posting schedule you keep doing what works right so finally, Janine and I sat down together and Janine made this really cool Excel sheet, color coded it and everything. I'm thank like, you, okay, this is what we're posting on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. We're posting new content, you know, Tuesdays, we'll post a story. You know, Thursdays, we'll post this on the weekend. We'll do like a repost, you know, and I'm just like, OK, all right, this is a structure. We're going to stick to it, you know. And we started sticking to it. And of course, at the beginning in January, like it didn't feel like it was going anywhere. Well, you know? admittedly, January was us recovering from 2022. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So this is January 2023. January, we really didn't do too much marketing and posting wise. We were just like, OK, that was a that was a crazy year. Yeah. I think it's time to just like Why was recover. it a crazy year? Long story short, Janine briefly took another job with... Was, I, I think yeah. I can say that. Yeah. I I've, I was working for about half a year with John M. Chu's team over at WE. Shout out to Jane for, yeah. she's my work wife and one of my closest friends. And for those who don't know, John M. Chu is the guy, he directed Crazy Rich Asians and stuff. And you guys. Yes, he did. You got to be friends with him and you got to show him Tubby Nugget. Yeah, he's also just a lovely supporter of Tubby Nugget. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> like he, he follows Tubby and would tell people during our meetings, like, you guys should follow <laughs> Tubby Nugget. It's such a wholesome cartoon. I was like, John, you make 
so much cool stuff. Oh, now you're telling other cool people about Tubby and I feel like I got a standard I gotta meet. Anyways. And the, the friend that made that connection was Jane Lee, yeah. who works at that company. Yes. Correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So Jane has Jane. been working for John, I think for like six years now. Yeah. She is an incredible producer. It was like a really good, great opportunity to work with some really awesome creative people. But for a while in 2022, it was just me running the business and I would bring Janine to write the comics and record Tubby Nugget's voice, right? Mm-hmm. So and all so, the business stuff yeah. was Josh. Yeah. And so come 2023, Janine, that project ended. And so she, you came back to work doing Tubby Nugget full time. And it was just like... Okay, now we gotta re, you know, re reintegrate you because I I had all these projects I had started, and Jenny was like, "What is all this, man? What are you? What have you been doing? That crazy person." (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so proud of you. I think you did an amazing job, and I know it was really hard. But I would definitely prefer not to run the business by myself. (laughs) That's also it was actually kind of humbling to be honest because like I've mentioned earlier, I had this mentality like I can do everything myself, and this early 2022 was a little test run of what that would actually look like and And on my yeah yeah. on my end working this job with john it was it was great because i felt very valued i was being paid what i was worth but at the same time i was like why does this not feel like i feel when i'm doing tubby nugget and even though we weren't making that amount of money with tubby nugget just yet a part of me was like i think I think that wasn't the issue. I was like, I think I, I do. I do love working full time with Josh and mm. I do like, like, I know that it was hard, but it was work I was really proud of. Are and you so saying you like me. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I really valued my time working with John. So John, I started working for because he became the chief creative officer at this company called We and they hired me as his creative producer. And I had so much fun working on those projects. We worked there for like half a year, a little more than half a year. And I just, I missed Josh. I missed my team and I missed Tubby. And even though I was having fun on these other projects, part of me was like, but I really, I I still really loved what we were doing. Even though we weren't making all that money, even though we didn't have a huge team and all these resources, I was still really proud of what we were doing with Tubby. And so going back to full-time with Josh was pretty fun yeah even though he had a lot of projects that he had taken on well, thankful, in, yeah. while i was gone thankfully was, most of them had ended was this nft o'clock huh? oh thank god no thank NFTs. god no no, no <laughs> NFTs. oh that would have been that would have destroyed the business to be honest yes um, really <laughs> I yeah think because so. we had some other webcomic friends launch nfts and it really damaged their brand yeah, yeah. just the nft world for webcomic artists was i think it it well, actually went against what we wanted to do with Tubby. It was make Tubby accessible to everyone. Mm. Whereas the NFT format is very much, oh, buy this so it's exclusive to you. Yeah. And suddenly that just didn't line up with it a lot of yeah. what we were trying to brand, do. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, Tubby is for everyone. Not like, oh, you're special in Tubby's eyes if you have this little NFT of Tubby. And this this Tubby is yours if you buy this little thing. And, and another thing about NFTs is it was very damaging for a lot of digital artists who were having work stolen who, or who... I think just the market itself was very disorganized and was more a disservice to most digital artists at the time, especially webcomic artists. And it's, there's this whole other culture, I think, with Bitcoin and with... I just, I think for us... 
wouldn't have been good for Tubby to enter that space. Mm. And we were quite happy still. I think that was another temptation that hit us on the road where a lot of artists, I think even webcomic artists were tempted by it, where it was like, we could be paid for our art and paid really well. That sounds great. Sign me up. And so I don't think it's a bad thing that a lot of webcomic artists felt the need to go into NFTs. I think that it was kind of a light in the tunnel for them because art is not exactly the most profitable avenue. We were, we're, we've been really fortunate to have the plush toys. So mm. yeah, that was another thing we had to reject was, ooh, we could probably make a lot of money with NFTs. We shouldn't do it. And especially it. If, if, if finances were looking low, NFTs sounded like the greatest thing, you know? But we don't know enough about the world, I feel. I think ultimately it was great to have, you know, to focus in and have Janine come back mm. and st- again, start making that consistent content, you know? So that brings us to the present day. You guys have seen explosive growth on yeah. Instagram mm-hmm. throughout this year. You have this exciting project coming up, actually several projects coming up and IP that's going to be even more available to adapt into those longer form formats, which has been the end goal the entire time. Thanks, Rebecca. I do want to go back on your path toward even earlier than when you guys launched Tubby, because I think several factors in each of your pasts contribute to the creativity that you have today and the perspective that you have today and especially the relationships you have today, namely with each other. (laughs) So we are going to be covering all of that and more in part two of this two-part episode that's dropping one week from today. This right now is a bi-weekly podcast, but Josh and Janine just shared so much good stuff with me that I decided to split it into two and release one week apart. So come back next Wednesday to hear the rest of this episode. We're going to be covering the lead up to those initial break-ins for Josh and Janine, the wonderful stories of how they first met and the hilarious stories of their first few dates. They're going to be weighing in on whether you need to go to a pricey college or even college at all to chase your creative dreams successfully. Have that special guest appearance from Tubby and Nobby. Do our time capsule segment, Freezing This Moment in Time, as well as Josh and Janine's predictions for the future. And do all the takeaways from the full two hours of how to break into this business, how to leverage a character idea you have across multiple paths of storytelling and build a thriving business. So see you in one week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Set Path. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate it and share it with a friend, especially if you can think of someone who might benefit from the knowledge that was shared here today. You can keep up with the podcast on all social platforms at No Set Path Show or on the website at www.nosetpathshow.com. Thanks so much for being part of this community and we'll talk to you soon.